Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Thursday, December 17th. I say that very carefully because here in Sydney, where I am, it is actually Friday the 18th, which caused a bit of confusion for my guests today. Guests who I will introduce shortly, but before I introduce them, I should introduce myself properly. I'm, of course, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and you can find me at that handle on Twitter, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, all one word. Hit me up with your questions, give me a follow, and I'll probably even follow you back. Welcome to the show. Without further ado, let's just jump straight into it. Um, DFS uh, legends, as well as uh, uh, fantasy long, season-long fantasy legends at Hoopball, I've got two very special guests with me today. Firstly, it's Mike Apotria. Have I got the pronunciation right? That was probably better than like I would say 80% of people do on their first shot. So yeah, it's a, it's Mike Apatria. So perfect. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Mike Apatria. If I do like a New York, New Jersey accent, I can probably get it right. <laughs> but you might hate me for my terrible sort of uh, Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver, New York accent. Uh, so... Yes, indeed. Please forgive me. So you're affiliated with Hoopball, of course. You've got a, you're involved with the DFS package, which Hoopball sells, which is amazing, and DFS today. Tell us a bit about that, Mike. Yeah, it's something I've uh, I've got involved with with Hoopball um, pretty much since since I've been there. I've I've been with Hoopball for just a little bit over four four seasons, four years or about now, and uh, kind of started building this DFS platform that we have over there from from the ground up. I mean, it was something that they uh, they allowed me to do, and they gave me the opportunity to do, and something that I'm, I'm always incredibly thankful to to been able to do. And uh, it's just grown into this beast that we have now, and now it's what started as you know a podcast maybe once a week and a couple articles here and there. It's turned into a seven day week podcast breaking down every single game uh open discord channel we have daily articles layup lines the whole nine and uh, I'm, I'm you know grateful to be working with the team that we have over there santino being one of those guys kind of my right hand man uh one of my best friends in real life too so there's no better person that you know you want to be able to yeah there it is i expected that trying to be all nice and warm and fuzzy over here and he's you know he's got to be we, we try to get the good cop bad cop thing going uh but you know nonetheless it's, it's an awesome thing and i'm you know just grateful for the opportunity but uh, I'm glad to be here, man. So thank you for having us. This, this is going to be a blast. I'm really excited about this. Beautiful. I did say guests plural in the meeting in in the beginning, but since Mike was on earlier, Santino, he said make sure you get me in first because once Santino starts speaking, I will not get a word in edgeways. <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> uh, that might be fair. I, I could give him that. He need he needs a win here and there. So <laughs> now here's another surname I'll have a crack at. Is it Santino Cachone? Uh, that, that, that's usually what I am called when everybody does it for the first time, uh, but it's Cocoon oh. without, without the CH sign. There you go. I can hear Mike in the background snorting. <laughs> he, he told me to pronounce it like that. I think it's rightfully deserved because he's nicknamed the name Butcher on our show. Like He just can't say an NBA player's last name correct no matter what it is. So it's only rightfully so that somebody just butchers his. There we go. <laughs> So, um, Santino, how are you enjoying doing the DFS content? And give us a quick plug. Why should people sign up for the DFS package, mate? Yeah, I mean, Mike touched upon it uh, very, very good. I, I don't know how much more I can expand on that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast over there. We just added a couple new team members to our, to our DFS family over there. Um, and we have... Like he said, we have been doing. We're doing seven days a week podcasting, seven days a week layup lines. Which um, there's going to be two articles a day and seven days a week on Discord. There's a lot of stuff going on on here, and uh, it's it's going to be fun. And 
it's only two dollars, a dollar ninety nine U.S. dollars. Uh, I'm not sure where all the listeners are, are on here, but U.S. dollars two nine or one ninety nine, and uh, you get so much content and so much stuff. We're gonna be there, trying to be there every step of the way, answer any questions people have, uh, let you know what the late roster uh, moves are, movers and shakers, people who get ruled out at the last second or you hear the news that hey yeah he's going to be limited tonight uh, we're going to be there for you and and give you all the nuggets that we can share with you well that sounds really amazing i need to get involved with dfs i, I did try dfs for a while but i found it without help it's actually pretty hard to stay on top of everything and if you're busy i guess that's the reason people should sign up for your package isn't it, it saves people an absolute crap ton of time mm-hmm. the only the only bad thing about dfs is um, now I have Mike calling me every day trying to bounce ideas and, and players off, and I just it's too much of that guy. So it sounds like even though you've been mates since you were 12 years old, you're uh, you got you got stuck with him somehow, somehow, some way, and uh, I don't know how to get out of it. Well, there you go. Well, we, without further ado, why don't we jump into some of today's meaty topics? What I've done here, uh, listeners, my lovely listeners, is I've broken off a few big topics related to teams who are playing today. And then I'll come back at the end of the show because we're recording, obviously, at 6 p.m. on East Coast on Thursday. So we haven't had the games yet. I will come back after the games and hit on the box scores for most of the guys that we talk about in the next section. Uh, I've broken off two big, uh, three big subtopics. I want to look at Minnesota T-Wolves for DFS and season long. I've got Charlotte and I've got the Hawks. Three are probably the most intriguing uh, teams for fantasy this season. And then we'll do some quick hits on some of the other teams playing, and I'll get some quick opinions from Mike and Santino on those. Who knows? They might even disagree on some stuff. And as I said, at the end of the show, I'll be back with the box score. Let's just jump into the first one. Uh, so Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm interested what you guys think about them for DFS um, and also season long. I was listening to your show uh, from today, and Mike, uh, you said Minnesota is a direction we might want to go, referring to tonight's game. Can you elaborate on that? And of course, as this is a season-long fantasy, maybe tell us who you like or don't like there over the whole season as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be loading up on some of these T-Wolves guys. I mean, uh, there's there's multiple reasons. One, D'Angelo Russell's uh, already been rolled out. So uh, we know that a lot of this offense is going to get funneled through Russell and through town. So when one of those guys sits, that's going to open up some shot attempts and some usage. Uh, and they have a guy in their starting lineup named Malik Beasley who's never shy. Uh, so he's starting. He's going to probably have an extra, you know, four or five, six shot attempts possibly. So he's a guy that I was definitely focusing on. And, and with that um, comes some ball handling responsibilities, too. So Ricky Rubio, uh, the newly acquired, you know, old veteran that they once had, uh, is coming off the bench during these first few preseason games. So now he should have the ample opportunity to start in that in that lineup. Um, and then we probably see an extra few minutes from him. And then obviously, Carl uh, Anthony Towns with all that offense is being focused uh, and ran through him. Without D'Angelo Russell, we'll probably see him play at the top of the key a little bit more. Uh, probably get a few more extra outside shots. I wouldn't be surprised. And they've only had three preseason games. This is their last preseason game. It's their third one. Um, the team hasn't had a lot of time. Um, this isn't a team that was necessarily in the bubble either. So you imagine that they're going to want to sit here and see how much run they can get in their last run. This is going to be probably their dress rehearsal game. Uh, and Coach Carlisle on the other side of the ball has kind of already came out and said that you know, he's looking to play this, the Mavericks, probably three quarters, their starters. So uh, generally teams try to match that if possible. And it's the last preseason game. So I'm expecting this to be, you know, probably about mid 25 to 28 minutes from most of the starters in this game uh, on both sides of the ball. And Santino, uh, Mike dropped a couple of names there, people like Rubio and Beasley. What happens to these guys if everybody is playing? So when everybody plays, that's the tricky thing. Uh, we haven't fully seen what their starting lineup is going to be. Um, he Saunders wanted to flip and flop and, and do some matchups in the preseason. You assume they brought in Rubio to play point guard. I know when they first brought him in, uh, D'Angelo Russell himself was saying, oh, I'm, I'm very excited to play uh, with a natural point guard like that. Uh, but he'd been coming off the bench for the most part in the preseason on and off. Um, so that that's going to be where we want to find out. Is Rubio going to start with Westbrook there? I mean, well, no, with Russell, I got uh, the name butchers already going. Is Rubio <laughs> and Russell going to start in the backcourt and Malik Beasley at small forward? Or are they going to put Russell, Beasley, and then maybe Okogie out there at, at small forward um, and then have Edwards and um, 
Rubio off the bench. That's, that's something that I'm, I want to look at and, and know for a fact going into the season. We'll have more clarity once they finally um, make up their minds more there. But I see most of them playing probably 30 minutes a game. I, I see Russell playing 35 minutes a game. And I know this is a, a season-long league, um, season-long show. And this is one of my favorite teams before they even got Rubio and before the Edwards draft, this was going to be one of the favorite, my favorite teams to watch this year. It's just the the thing that they do is is they play fast. And if you watched even last year with or without Towns, this was one of the most family, fantasy friendly, if not the fantasy most family, fantasy friendly um, offense to be in. They play at a top three pace. They just chuck three pointers. Um, they give up a whoever's playing against them is also going to be playing at that pace and, and taking a bunch of shots. Uh, and they rack up defensive stats. They don't play great defense, but they rack up stats. And then fantasy, that's all you care about. Um, so this is going to be one of the my favorite teams to watch, not only on league pass, but to roster these people. And I think people like Towns, you know, that is, is a top three talent there. Uh, Russell, people are kind of sleeping on him here, but I, I, I give everybody in this on this team a little bump up because of the system that they're going to play in and the opportunities that they're going to get. That's an interesting one. Does that mean that would you take a D-Russ before you take a Fred Van Vliet type guy? Um, so naturally, if you're doing a normal draft, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but... Um, I'm seeing that D'Angelo Russell's going about a round and a half later, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have to, to reach on him there, and I, I would be able to wait. But if you took D'Angelo Russell before of Fred Van Vliet, I would not have any, any qualms about that, uh, assuming he's going to start at point guard. The Ricky Rubio signing kind of um, muddled him a little bit for me, just slightly downticked, because if he was starting at point guard, uh, you would expect seven, eight assists and 20-plus points a game and all the usage he can handle in this system. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, mm. but I don't think you have to reach for him uh, right. in that scenario. That's good. I've got a few drafts coming up on the weekend. And as I've mentioned on a few shows, over, my son's name is D'Angelo. So I've got to get a couple of, uh, got to get a couple of D'Angelo's. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I, I usually do that waiting myself and then someone grabs him just before I was going to grab him. So I might have to, I've got some drafts where I'm drafting later. So far I've been in the sort of one to six range on every draft and it just f seems to fall where I, it, he's gone about where I'm going to grab him. But on the weekend, I'm later in some drafts, including one of Dan Bespris's uh, homes league, home leagues, the uh, Dan's Tiger Neighborhood, I think it's called. I'm at the nine spot, so I might end up getting D'Angelo. Who knows? Uh, what about Anthony Edwards, Mike? Yesterday, I joked on the show that he could be the first ever rookie six-man of the year if he can just manage to hit 45% from the field. He took 14 shots in their previous game, so he certainly hasn't seen a shot before that he doesn't like, has he? No, and I mean this kid. He, he's he's used to taking those shot attempts. You know, uh, you know, one of the leading shot takers in, in college last year, coming out of Georgia. A lot of people are expecting big things. Uh, I think we're seeing him come off the bench uh, simply because it's such a shortened season. They didn't have a full training camp. They didn't have a summer league. Uh, they didn't have a lot to necessarily just get him ready. Um, he's a guy that you know, just like a lot of these other rookies, we're seeing Lamelo come off the bench. We're seeing Wiseman come off the. Well, he hasn't even played, but he will be probably coming off the bench. Uh, these are guys that will probably you know a few weeks in maybe a month or two in end up in that starting lineup once they get familiar with the systems the offenses the nba speed and all those other things so um i still think you know edwards has a as a bright ceiling he's not a guy that i'm generally targeting right now in these season long leagues i just think that you know you're, you're not paying a premium price or anything from him uh but there's still value good value around there and he's not even probably you know a top three rookie i would be targeting in this draft right now so uh if he could crack that starting lineup i'd, I'd probably feel a little bit more secured about him but uh, if he's getting 28 minutes off the bench, he's still going to have value. It's just, it's going to be the minutes off the bench. Well, speaking of value, I've got to do a hoop ball promo here, and it's for something really good, which is called the bruise letter. <laughs> the bruise letter is a fun one. It's free stuff as well. Everyone loves free stuff. And what is that stuff, you might ask? It's the bruise letter, which is back. Oh, yes, it's back, and it's fresh for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder, the godfather himself, he walks with a limp like the guy from The Usual Suspects, Aaron Bruski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate, intimate, i got to lean into the microphone when I say that, intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content. You cannot find it 
anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. I can't even get Brewski to come on the podcast. It's not on social media. It's the only, it's only in the email newsletter and you can sign up and get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash brewsletter 2021. That's brew like the beer, B-R-E-U, a B-R-E-W. God, I used to be able to spell brewsletter 2021, uh, all one word, and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is simply bit.ly slash brewsletter 2021. Aaron Brewski, uh, a.k.a. what was his name? Virgil, uh, the, uh, the guy from The Usual Suspects, straight to your inbox, and you can enjoy that. Wrap your eyes around it and get it in your email inbox today. Something almost as exciting as Aaron Brewski in your inbox is the Charlotte Hornets uh, for fantasy. They're another team, aren't they? That's really, really interesting. Uh, let's let you go first this time, Santino, because um, I did. I, Mike tried to say, make me go first every time, but I do want you to come back. So <laughs> guards, let's talk guards. Who excites you the most here? You know, all things being equal on a regular night in DFS, um, I guess this depends on prices uh, to some extent, doesn't it? Or to a big extent. And what about for season long? And uh, this was the Hornets, correct? Yes, that's, that's right. Charlotte Hornets. Uh, yeah. j- just, just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. So who excites me the most? Uh, Gordon Hayward when he's healthy. We've seen him be a the number one option on the team before. And he was a very good fantasy player. He was a very good DFS player. If... I know he just got hurt last night. I don't think it's too bad. I think he broke a finger, but I don't expect him to really miss much time. They they labeled him day-to-day, so I guess that's something to monitor. Uh, if he's going to miss the beginning of the season or portions of it, then that just opens up a lot of minutes and a lot of usage for guys like uh, Deontay Graham and um, the the new prize rookie that they have in, in LaMelo Ball. I really don't see anything that I like from Terry Rozier. I just he think he's an all right basketball player. Maybe he can get you a couple defensive stats, but I'm not really looking at rostering him on any of my leagues, and I'm not really looking to play him any DFS night unless unless I happen to fall on him and uh, two of those guys that I just mentioned are out. Um, but Lamelo Ball is one of those guys that I don't think he's too good as a. I think he's overhyped in my opinion, but for fantasy and DFS, he's going to be someone I'm going to play. He's going to be very very cheap uh, and he's going to be able to rebound at his size at the guard position he can distribute the ball and you don't really have to worry about uh, especially dfs missed shots so um you will have to worry about his turnovers though but i think he's going to be able to rack up numbers there so i like him uh, Devonte graham same way he's just he can shoot and just shoot and just shoot and just shoot uh, you don't really lose points for missed shots uh, and he does not have any shy bone in his body about taking them um, but Gordon Hayward is the top dog here I know in season long you're going to have to reach up for him because uh, comparatively to these other guys he's probably going to go three four maybe five rounds ahead um, but we got to figure out that finger first and if that is going to cause him to miss a little bit time bit of time I will have more exposure to uh, Graham and Ball to start that season and Mike, since we've touched on Hayward, let's get back to him again. I guess we, we probably, even though they're saying day-to-day, there's a good chance we're going to get a sample next week, maybe even in a competitive game with him out, what happens. And given the awful luck that he's had with injuries, I mean, there's even some Gordo conspiracy theories out online about why he's getting injured all the time, including stuff related to how his his wife and partner was uh, not very kind to Celtics fans and maybe they got the leprechauns against them. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. There's, there's a good chance that he's going to be injured again at some time during the season. He, can you plan and take guys on a team in season long thinking that there are other guys on the team who are likely to be out and you're going to get a big bump when they are? And secondly, uh, are you in- excited to see what happens with the usage and minute splits without him? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it obviously determined, depends on your league. So if you're in a deep enough league where these guys, you know, they have some standalone value uh, outside of just, you know, Gordon Hayward goes down, you know, if that happens sometime in the season, I'll be able to use them. Uh, then sure. I mean, I don't think you could just hold dead weight. There's there's a few guys in a few different scenarios around the league where, you know, a bench guy is still getting 26 minutes, uh, you know, behind the starter. But if, you know, starter gets hurt, he's playing 35 now. 
in those circumstances, absolutely. Uh, you know, at that in that same vein, I don't think that we can just sit here and say, you know, Gordon Hayward, he's he's guaranteed to get hurt. Uh, if it was something you know related to his leg that was giving him issues uh, last year, and obviously the same leg that he broke uh, the year prior, uh, then maybe. But you know, this is a it's a broken pinky that we're talking about. This is something that most players actually just splint or tape up, so they're expecting it not to necessarily be a big issue going forward. Um, you know, like I said, I think on our show uh, last night, I wouldn't be shocked if he sits tonight, and they mentioned. Uh, giving like Jalen McDaniels and you know a few other rookies some more minutes, but I think the main beneficiary, if he if he were to miss any time, would most likely be Miles Bridges. Uh, he'd probably see his way into that starting lineup, and then obviously guys like Lamelo would get a few more minutes as well. Mm. Another guy who's very interesting, and it just kind of when you think about fantasy, just sort of segueing into this point. Last year, I I had Charlotte guys, and I watched a lot of Charlotte on League Pass. It was a really exciting team to watch because of Devontae Graham, who I picked up in pretty much off the waiver wire in almost every single points league I play in for a start, and a couple of uh, nine-cat leagues where I was punting field goal percentage already um, and soft punting turnovers too, and he was huge value. But this season, they add somebody like Hayward and they add Lamelo, but they also become a better team maybe playing at a, at a higher pace of offense and maybe as well being in contention when the fantasy playoffs are on so they become more trustworthy. Tying into that is a guy like PJ Washington who was in and off the, the waiver wire, in and out of the waiver wire in leagues last season. Is he somebody that you're interested in, Santino? And does Charlotte being better, even though there's more competition there, make people like this more interesting or, or, or is it a wash? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's he's someone in play for me. I think uh, there are quite a few guys here, especially when you look at bad teams and you look at trying to roster them. There's there's quite a few people on bad teams, especially if they play fast, uh, that you don't mind rostering, and, and someone's got to get points here. Uh, so outside of the guards, yeah, I think Mike mentioned Miles Bridges. He's a, he's a guy, if you'd like, only if Gordon Hayward's out. Um, but P.J. Washington's probably the guy in this front court and the, the only guy in this front court that I, I do have some interest in. I wouldn't touch, I'd let Cody Zeller just sit there uh, any type of game, uh, whether it's DFS, fantasy. I, I just don't want any part of Cody Zeller. I don't think he's terrible, but he's just not. He doesn't get the, the juices flowing there, as I, as I would say. He's just very not not a not a sexy name uh, but pj washington does have some skill he he can put up some defensive numbers he gets here and there on rebounds he could get you up to eight or so um and he shoots threes he's a pretty good three three point shooter and then that's what you want if if you can get a block a steal and a three out of a late round pick um with some rebounds a, a couple assists here and there doesn't kill you in any percentages i mean he's he's a guy who if he sees some improvement um very, very good things looking for him. And the, the the craziest thing about it is last year at this time, they were talking about putting him in into the, the G League the entire season. Uh, he not only didn't go to the G League, but he started on, on day one for him. Yeah, well, I got him at 123 in a Roto League. Should I be happy with that? Yeah, that's not a bad. Uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good pick. Is what? How, how big is the, the league there? Uh, it's a 12-team league. And 12 yeah, team league. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you got him in about the 10th round or so. That's right. I think it was, might've been the th- what third pick of the 11th round. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause 10 times 12, 120, mm-hmm. third pick of the 11th. Yeah. And I think he finished as a, a top 20, uh, not top 20, top 100 guy last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can definitely expect a little bit of improvement. And if they are true to their word and, and want to play him more minutes at center, uh, I think that's his best position as a stretch five. I think I think he can only improve if if they give him those minutes. If they decide to continue giving them to uh, Bismack Biombo and Cody Zeller, then uh, there's a problem. Yeah, I mean he is a guy. There is still the possibility that he ends up on the waiver wire if they do silly business like that. But uh, at center, I love him a lot. Speaking of things that I love a lot, I love the Atlanta Hawks on uh, League Pass. <laughs> I loved them last season. I'm going to love them even more this season. They are a very, very interesting fantasy team, and they're one of the main narratives that Scott and I are going to come back and hit on through the season. Let's have a look. I've sort of broken this up into their top-tier guys. I've got Capella and some fringy guys that I want to talk about. Let's start with Trey Young, Mike. Does Trey Young 
you know, hold late first round or, or early second round value, even with all these new additions? What can we expect? Better efficiency, but slightly um, less volume on shots with all these other gunners around? So it's funny that you, you asked this. I think Santino and I just had this conversation offline maybe about three days ago because we have a draft coming up this Saturday. I have the 10th pick. Uh, and Trey Young is, is probably the guy I'm looking at. So, no, I, I, I still love Trey Young this season. Um, all the additions, you know, having a rim-running center like Capella, I think is, is going to help him as far as his assists, something that he's he hasn't had. John Collins is a guy that now they can actually put on the outside, use his three-point, uh, the three-point shot that he does have. I do expect, you know, maybe a little less volume, but this is still Trey Young. He's still a superstar. He's still the best dude on his team. Uh, almost averaged 30, uh, 30 points last season. So if we're talking, you know, I think he averaged 29.4. You know, if we're looking at 27, 26, even if it's 25, he's still going to get you that close to nine assists. He's still going to get you three, three and a half, three pointers. Great free throw percentage on volume uh, free throws. Uh, he's just going to hurt you a little bit in the in the percentage in in the turnover. But you know what you're getting out of him. Uh, and we know that you know elite scores and high assist guys come at a premium this year in this draft. Hmm. Santana, I do I do have to say um, I have to switch switch the court here. There is a big news that is just popping up while we are on this podcast. Um, I feel like breaking news. We we should just throw it in there. So just I don't know if you guys heard about five minutes ago, Shams Trania. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, Mike, I know, I butchered that. I'll just go with Shams just dropped a bomb and said the Philadelphia 76ers have made Ben Simmons available in some packages with the Houston Rockets for James Harden. Wow. Right. And it says conversations aren't fluid as of now. Uh, if Woj or Sham say that, that there's definitely a lot of truth to that, to that, uh, that statement there. They don't just put out things to put out things. Mm, wow. Well, that's, yeah, I've just saw my phone, just reaching out to my phone here and seeing it as well. 76ers Rockets talked about Simmons. That would be fascinating. Maybe we can hit that in the Houston section uh, in our quick hits and we'll drop back onto that for sure. Uh, Capella is another one at the Hawks. Do you like him? He's a guy who has top 30 upside, but it seems to be available sometimes as late as 60 or 70 even in some of the drafts I'm doing, Santino. Are you, are you scared off by big man with, with foot injuries or are you willing to grab value with him? Obviously, he has value in DFS if he's not too expensive as well, right? Yeah, and the, and the thing is, it's, it's him and Collins. Uh, when he was in Houston, he wasn't playing with a top flight. I, I know he a guy who can make the all-star team right beside him, um, but a healthy Clint Capella, which he, he looked pretty good so far. He, he's good for nearly two blocks or more, um, double-digit rebounds, very good field goal percentage, probably 14 points or so. Um, and he's not going to be the number one, number two, number three option. Even when he was playing with Harden, he, he was just a guy who uh, he doesn't create his own shot. He cleans up the the boards and, and puts back or, or gets very good positioning and uh, gets easy buckets there. So you don't need a guy – for him, all these other new pieces around him who are going to gobble up shots, uh, he's not a guy who's a high-usage guy anyway. So as long as he's looking healthy, which right now he is, um, I, I have no qualms about him, um, assuming you don't care about your free throw percentage, even though he doesn't take too many free throws anyway to, to kill you. But there are very few people in this league that can uh, rebound and block shots like he can and pitch in steals with great field goal percentage. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, and like you said, he's going later than he would normally go. Uh, before his last healthy season, he was not he was going in the, the third round pretty much. So now you can get him maybe fifth uh sometimes late as the sixth earlier as the fourth that's not that's pretty good value for him and and he is one of those those big men who block shots uh which we don't usually see a ton of those anymore interesting one isn't it well we haven't really seen him play we haven't seen him play a regular season with uh Atlanta, game with atlanta at all so once we do have regular season games, he's one of the ones that we really want to look at his minutes. And also, obviously, related to that, John Collins, what the impact is on John Collins. Obviously, less rebounds. He's going to have less rebounds and he's going to play further away. I think, as Mike maybe just mentioned, his field goal percentage might not be what you'd expect from a from a big as who's as, as big as him because he's playing out on the perimeter a bit more. Um, 
will be very interesting to see what happens in terms of what kind of value those guys return. What about fringy guys on the Hawks, like people like your your Cam Reddishes or DeAndre Hunter types or even Gallo and um, Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bog Bog, as we call him down under? Um, what about those guys? Are they any of those late rounds? Some of them are very late, obviously, you know, Reddish hunters on the waiver wire reddish is probably a last round upside grab these are guys probably that in in uh dfs are interesting because they're going to be cheap but trying to predict who is going to be have value on a night-to-night basis is going to be a nightmare and maybe one of the reasons why people should uh, uh pay for the the content that you guys are selling so cheaply yeah I, yeah I mean, I, to I, me, are you taking this one sonny oh, my fault yeah no you take yeah, it. yeah I'll, I'll jump on this one uh, yeah, for so this team is so deep, it's very hard to plug and play any of these the guys that you mentioned, all the fringy guys, unless we have confirmation that someone is hurt or or two people are hurt or are not playing that night, sitting out for whatever the reason may be. Uh, but these guys, there's so many people on this team that they're all going to be chopped up in minutes, which there's no safe guy here. Um, but for me, out of those guys, out of Bogdan, out of Weirder, Reddish, Hunter, uh, all of them, and, and you even have Gallinari, who's, who they're saying is strictly going to play power forward and back up John Collins. So that takes off a lot of minutes from uh, Hunter sliding down to the four and then Reddish sliding into the three. It's, it's very choppy, but uh, I digress. Um, out of all these guys, the one guy that I think is the most talented of the of of that group is Cam Reddish. I think he's I think he's better than Bogdan. I think he's better than Hunter. I think he's better than Huerter. Um, but for a fantasy perspective, I just don't know if he's going to get the run, and he's definitely not going to get the usage with all of these new faces in town. And that's the that's where it comes there. But on a in a real life basketball setting, I think this guy's good, and I think he can be really good um, if he can creep into if he can jump the lead on these guys uh, like Hunter and, and Huerter. And if he can jump the lead and, and, and get himself into an established 30-minute role with this team, which is going to be hard to do with so many mouths to feed, uh, he's a guy that I like to take a late-round late flyer on. Gallo is an interesting one, Mike, isn't he? Because it's only two seasons ago he was the 28th-ranked player in season-long nine category. Last season he was 64. He's had two other seasons in the top 50. There's probably no way he returns even that top 60 value, is there? Would you be interested in Gallo in the 8th, ninth, 10th round? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to rule him out necessarily out of that top 60. I mean, that's kind of, you know, where I would probably put his ceiling. Uh, but he's definitely, you know, probably still in that top 80, top 90 range. He's still going to see a sizable role playing their sixth man. Uh, you know, he agreed to this. He, I don't think he would have came over to Atlanta and agreed to this sort of deal if he if he felt like he wasn't going to get playing time. So I'm still, you know, anticipating a 26 to 28 minute roll. And it's just going to be pure offense from him. You know, he's going to be chucking. He's not going to be sharing these shots with anybody else really on the bench. Uh, so I'm, I'm still expecting some decent things. He's not a guy that I'm overly high on. But, you know, at the right price, he's not a guy that, you know, I mind if he falls to me. Not to mention, you know, Clint Capella has been dealing with this Achilles soreness for probably about better half of a year. Uh, And we've seen some John Collins injuries from him himself as well. So any of these guys go down. You were just talking before about, you know, a guy that you could draft who has some standalone value. And if somebody gets hurt, gets a big boost. I think, uh, you know, Danilo Gallinari kind of fits that bill. And an interesting point, too, because if you look at where he provides value, uh, three points, He his Z score is 1.25, and that was on 2.9 made threes. Apart from that, the only other really positive category he has is three throw percentage, and you would probably he gets to the line a little bit less, but he's not going to hurt you there. So if he can keep shooting those threes, keep his points relatively stable, um, if he can hit that sort of 15 points a game, then I reckon he, he does provide that top 80 value, and he's got a reasonably solid floor, unlike some of the guys that you take in a similar range where you're starting to take upside guys who, you know, anything could happen on a team like Detroit. Like if you're taking him or say Jeremy Grant, for example, Santino, who would you prefer to the floor of Gallo or the ceiling of Grant? I mean, Grant's floor is an interesting one, isn't it? Because he is, he could be really bad and just kill you in field goal by the looks of it. Yeah. And um, that that's a good one there. You, the the reason I would go with, with this one, and, and I would probably go with Grant and take the upside there, uh, because right now, if they're true to their word, 
Gallo is going to be, he, how many minutes can we expect from him? Can we see 30 minutes? Um, I know if, if Clint Capella gets hurt, then you can easily slide Collins down to the center on, and Gallo plays 35 minutes at power forward and pretty good. But he's never been historically a guy who puts up defensive numbers. And when I play fantasy, you need to have, you need to get me some, some defensive numbers if you want to be on my team. Uh, he's more of a, a three-point shooter, a very good field goal percentage guy, and he scores some points. But the prospect of Jeremy Grant, uh, <laughs> yes, Mike, I know, um, with Grant is that he's going to get a significant run. Uh, they're trying, I think they're trying to make him into a number one or number two option, which I don't know if that's going to be uh, feasible for him, but he can get you some defensive numbers. And if he's playing 35 minutes a game, I, I rather have a guy who can get you possibly a block and a, or over a block and over a steal and over a three uh, than one who can't. Do you disagree? Why, why was Santino saying your name in there, Mike? Well, I, I disagree with the way he says Jeremy. Uh, you know, it's, it's really Drummy. not a hard name. He says, yeah, he's, this, we call him the butcher for a reason over on our show. And it's, it's, he's put it on full display tonight. Um, what was you know, the, Kevin Hurta, the Kevin Herter one? Kevin Hueta. Queerer. Is that weirder? It's brutal. Uh, <laughs> look i mean it, it, I'm it's not, whatever you want it to be i'm not one to criticize people on pronunciation i'm a massive tottenham fan and i call jose Mourinho our coach jose because i've taught so many spanish students that um, <laughs> i can't say jose i don't have enough portuguese students so i'm not one to criticize but uh what do you what did you think what about you think about grant I think I know. I think Grant's got some. You know, we know like you guys were just talking about the defensive stats, and that's kind of pretty much Grant's calling card and what he could provide. He's a guy that could get you a steal and could get you a block, and he could also get you a three. The tantalizing upsides there. Um, I'm fully anticipating him to destroy our field goal percentages if we do have them. So I, I would probably lean towards Grant just simply because uh, those defensive numbers around that draft position where we we're talking, you know, eight nine ish, uh, they're not as easy to find. And you you know he does have a little bit more upside and. Being forced into that role in Detroit right now, he might be their number two or three option in that offense, especially if something happens to Blake Griffin, which seems to happen every single year. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different avenues for for Grant to you know finish in like that top you know 65 range. So I'd, I'd probably lean, uh, lean Grant there as well. Yeah, I, well, I got him. I've got him in I think two leagues. He's an example of a guy that I don't want. I've got perhaps 16 leagues going. He's an example of a guy I probably don't want to have him more than about two. Maybe three if he fell if he fell further further enough for me to grab him. I think I got him around 80th, right about where we're talking about these guys. So, and I got Gallo somewhere else about pick 90. Um, so I'm lean, I would lean probably towards taking a, the risk on Grant and backing myself to find somebody off the waiver wire if he doesn't work out, like if he's really terrible, um, or just you know fall into that field goal percentage punt. Uh, this has been super, very uh, informative for me and enjoyable. Now we're going to just speed right up and do some quick hits on the other teams playing today. And I'll come back and touch on all the main guys that we've talked about here in my box score read coming up after this. Uh, Orlando, first quick hit straight to you, Santino. Markel Fultz, give me two sentences on Markel. Fast, like him. Very cheap. Oh, I did two two words. He, 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 he's so bad. That was that was three. So bad. That was three phrases. It's like me marking one of you my see what, Do you see what I have to deal with over here? Do you do you see what it's like uh, at a day to day show? I don't know why when you said it, that's that's what came to mind. <laughs> like two words. That's what I got. And I, I, <laughs> I always throw this in at the last minute to people. Just it's like one of those are you smart enough to work for Google tests, you know? Have you guys, have you guys read that book? It's a definitely a good book to read. And there's lots of like ideas in there that you can throw at people to find out how smart they are. But Santino is obviously very clever. <laughs> this is a podcast and I put him on the spot. I feel bad now. So he said he was fast <laughs> and good. Mike, can you, I, I just kind of understand why you guys work together now. You, you compliment each other. Well, <laughs> finish his sentences for him. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess my two sentences would be a uh, stable role and room to grow. All right. Um, that's it. That was the same thing I did. You just made fun of. <laughs> so, so do you like him? How high would you reach? Like in the 70 to 80 range or even higher? 
Uh, yeah, probably depend on my build. I, I don't mind taking Markel Fultz around that uh, around that seventh seventh round pick. Um, even if you're looking in the late sixth and you you need guards, I, I think he's walking into a stable role. Um, I think the the Magic are backing this dude. They really want to see him succeed. They've been working with him off the clock during the offseason. Uh, and if we're looking at Markel Fultz in 30 minutes, just the defensive stats alone, you know, make it worth and warranting that pick. Next one, quick hit. Okay, Santino, you're ready this time. I'll give you the name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give Russell Westbrook. I'll talk a little bit so you can think. Um, is he uh, going to be top of the range value in Washington in a couple of sentences? In for per so, game so let, purposes. So, let, so like, let's say, let's think about like DFS. Last season, he was a guy who was right alongside Harden almost and, and Luca as like the most expensive guy you could have. Does he maintain that in uh, Washington? On DFS slates, yes. Uh, if and he's going to be much better than he was last year. Now that he's not playing with Harden, he's going to be back on as the main ball handler on the main distributor. Anytime he plays for for season long, the the thing is, if if you're playing in a uh, head to head league, then he makes a lot more sense than points league because he's going to miss quite a few games. They already said he's likely to miss um, all the back to backs. That's what Scott Brooks said. But when this guy's on the court, I'm expecting right back to where he played last time he played with Scott Brooks and, and triple doubles galore. Uh, this guy is going to, we're, you're going to see a Westbrook that you, we, 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 uh, we got accustomed to before he went to the Rockets. I, lo- I love how you, you went way over the two sentence limit with him. <laughs> yeah. Jesse. That's like, you're not going to win. Here. He's, just, you're not he's win one here. of my favorite players <laughs> to watch. I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. hold just, back, but I mean, it's perfect because that's exactly what Russell Westbrook does. He's just like, I'm going to stuff these stats. <laughs> I'm going to stuff two sentences. No way, man. I, I tried, I tried to stuff. I, I, there was a lot of commas in there. I don't know if you call the long it. run on, it was a, two run on <laughs> sentences. They were really, I, we got to edit. Those I needed, I needed an editor on the, those couple sentences. Mm-hmm. Fly straight into Detroit. I'll go to Mike. Uh, this seems to be his uh, the best uh, format for his quiz knowledge to shine. Uh, trailer fire to predict in Detroit night tonight, or can we find predictable worth? I think the only predictable worth is going to be Blake Griffin while he's healthy. Santino, anybody else there? We talked about Grant. Um, predictability, it's it, yeah, it's going to be very hard in Detroit. Um, if I'm going to take a stab at somebody else other than and Grant and Blake. I'll throw one at um, Delon. Actually, no. Mason Plumley is. Actually, no. Uh, for some reason, I'm seeing Mason Plumley go off the board in the 60s. He's going to be a double double with a, a block and a half, but I think that's too, too rich for me. Maybe as a late round guy. What about Memphis? How high are you on Jar and Clark? And with Triple J being out, how does that make you feel about Memphis, Mike? And you can have four sentences for this. Yeah, so I I I love Ja uh, Clark. I think is being a little bit overpriced, and I think JJJ at the right value looks like mid January return. Uh, absolutely love with this. You're you're getting a third round return on a guy that you could draft in the sixth, seventh, possibly sometimes even later. Him in a couple of places as well. Uh, Triple J, a guy you like to stash, Santino. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I love me some Triple J and. I don't know if Dylan Brooks was seeing things, but he said he grew three inches since the last time they saw him, which, oh, God. If you, if you give Triple J three more inches and, and three more rebounds a game, that guy's a top 15 guy. Sacramento, another team tonight. Trailer fight to predict night tonight, or can we find predictable worth outside of De'Aaron Fox, Mike? I that's a great question actually I think that we could uh Buddy Heald looks like he's playing his way into that starting lineup as much as the Kings just despise him so I'll I'll say Buddy Heald as well last one let's come back to Houston uh without Russell Westbrook Santino Christian Wood DeMarcus Cousins uh Harden Wall well if Harden might not be there we have to really wait and see what happens now don't we (laughs) yeah um if if Ben Simmons goes there how how can you play Ben Simmons and John Wall, two people who can't shoot the basketball um, and drive to the bucket? That's going to be really weird. And then you have Cousins and Wood there. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I like Wood over Cousins. Cousins just hasn't played in two years. And uh, John Wall, he keeps creeping up draft boards to where it's almost – now it's too high for me. Uh, before you were getting him in about the seventh, eighth round. Now I'm seeing him go in the fifth. That's a little. Let's get it. It keeps climbing for me, and I, I'm not. I, I wonder by the end of this week if he's going to be in the the fourth round. 
Yes, indeed. Well, gentlemen, it was fantastic having you on. You can find Mike at at Mike Apotria. Uh, hold on, I'll do my voice. Uh, you looking at me? Apatria, Mike Apatria. There we go. <laughs> it's at Mike, A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can also just search um, DFS Today at Hoopball or DFS Package if you want to sign up and uh, keep these guys uh, fed and watered. You can find Santino at Santino Cacone? Cacone. <laughs> Cacone. 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 There we go. Cacone. At Santino Cacone. I got your back for all the mispronunciation today. C A C O N E. It's good having names like that because you don't have to have a fancy moniker like me. I'm Mr. Jolly uh, of Sydney because there's about nine Aaron Jollies who already got in before me. Uh, just <laughs> a little bit sad. Gentlemen, I was planning for us to do about 35. We did 45 because. Uh, I don't think any one of us is short of a word. Can I get you back on again, though? That was a lot of fun. It would be lovely to have you guys on regularly through the season. Um, did I do enough to get you back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be yeah. Anytime, yeah. man. Anytime. Okay, that was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, gentlemen, <laughs> and uh, good luck with the DFS. Uh, guys, sign up for their DFS package. Well worth it, and we're going to have a lot of fun together this season. Bye for now. And I will be... I will be back after this ad read to do the box scores for today and we'll find out if any of us were talking some absolute nonsense, although, of course, it's the preseason, so uh, we can't read too much into it, but interesting to see if there are any narrative hits that we can come back to. See you very shortly. But before we do that, we need to have a word from our sponsors. Well, actually, it'll be a word from me because I'm going to be reading it for you. I would like to give you an introduction to a wonderful product from Manscaped called the Weed Whacker. Listen up because we've got a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped has just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear and hair trimmer for your nose and ear even. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you, you'll see hair sticking out of these holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven bits downstairs. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which help prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligent contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes easy operation and cleaning a dream. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. And as Scott and I always say, if you need it for 90 minutes on your nose, you've probably got a fairly big one. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shopping uh, with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off f- with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code HOOPBALL20. What are you waiting for? Go and whack your weeds. So we get to the box score, bearing in mind, of course, that during the season we'll obviously get to the box score quite a bit faster than this, although we will have some East Coast guests like uh, I think you agree Santino and Mike were great um, and they will join us probably before I do the box score and I'll do what I'm doing today, which is kind of look back and starting with the game, the Charlotte Hornets versus the Orlando Magic and there were some names on the Hornets side that we discussed earlier. Let's have a look at a couple of those. Let's start with Devontae Graham. 28 minutes, 18 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 for 10 from deep, 7 for 17. Gee, that's some volume right there. Terry Rosier, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 big steals, 5 for 5 from the line, 3 for 6 from deep, uh, 6 for 13, and he played 28 minutes. Uh, LaMelo Ball, this one was interesting. Very, very interesting. We, we talked about what would happen if how um, Hayward was out. LaMelo Ball, 18 points, uh, two rebounds, five assists, 
one steal, four for nine from deep, nine three-pointers. Have a look at that volume. He had 17 shots as well, just as many as Devontae Graham. Wow, that is fairly tasty. We can kind of get an idea of what might happen if Haywood does miss time. LaMelo Ball has some very interesting value right there. Devontae and Terry are both getting, uh, Terry Rosie are both getting an uptick in usage. What was interesting was that Miles Bridges did not start. Actually, Cody Martin started um, and Cody Zeller. The two Cody's, double Cody action. Cody Zeller started and played at center 17 minutes. So we did not get the lineup of death without Haywood. Hopefully when Haywood comes back, we'll see PJ Washington go to center. I think that's what everybody would like to see. On the Orlando Magic side of things, we only really talked about Fultz in the quick hits. Uh, he played 30 minutes today. Those those minutes are beautiful. He got 16 shots, 6 for 16 shooting, uh, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal. He's always going to grab a steal or you know a couple of steals and maybe sometimes a block for you as well. He missed his 3-point shots, but we don't really need much more than that. From Markel, Nick Vucevic was brilliant again. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. Uh, What else is worth noting here? Not really very much other than um, Aaron Gordon is not somebody you want to draft. Uh, 4 for 10, 11 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Maybe if you can get him around the 100 point, but... uh, yeah, inefficient, missed his three-point shots as well. Uh, gee, Gordo, you can do better than that. In the second game of the evening, we had a team that we wondered, is it someone you can find consistent value in? Detroit Pistons playing against the Washington Wizards. Shout out to John Steele all the way over in Korea, big Wizards man. On the Pistons side of things, Jeremy Grant, a guy we talked about earlier. Does he have value around the 80 mark? He had 22 minutes for his 15 points, two rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. So the defensive categories that the gents mentioned earlier, not showing up there. Eight, only eight field goal attempts, but he shot three for five from deep. So those threes and defensive categories that you're hoping for from Grant are probably going to be there. His field goal wasn't too bad today, although he did reduce it. Uh, Other things of interest, DeLon Wright played uh, 18 minutes and started at the guard point today. He had 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, and three steals. So DeLon Wright showing some of the value you might get from him. Mason Plumley was mentioned uh, in the show today. 20 minutes from him, he had eight points, six rebounds, four assists, and three steals. He's a very um, interesting deep sleeper, isn't he? If you've run out of centers, maybe around that 100 point, you might get some value from him. On the Wizards side of things, uh, gee, so many favorite players here. (laughs) I really like the Wizards. Um, Tom Bryant played 28 minutes. He had 11 points, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, and wait for it, four blocks. Tommy Bryant, the tank. I tell you what, if he does that for you, four blocks, you can't complain about that. Two for seven from the field, though. One for three from deep. Bradley Beal uh, only played 15 minutes, so I don't think we need to talk about his line in minutes that short. Um, Isaac Bonga may be an example of preseason things that don't really matter um, because he's not going to get 33 minutes when everybody is playing. Rui Hachimura was not playing today. Russell Westbrook, of course, most importantly, did not play. Um, So there's extra usage for everybody. Bonga had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 steals, maybe somebody in 14 or 16 team leagues to keep have a look at. Mo Wagner was one mentioned earlier. He had a pretty much um, terrible game. Four points, although eight point eight rebounds, three assists for Mo, the giant European. Over to our third game for the evening, and it was the San Antonio Spurs up against the Houston Rockets. We probably should get through the Spurs quickly so we can get to the Rockets, which is where most people are uh, probably fascinated about what happened Today, if you don't already know, uh, DeMar DeRozan for the Spurs. He's going to be value again. He's a classic Dan Bespris old man squad guy, isn't he? 21 points, two 
uh, sorry, three rebounds, no assists, steals, or blocks from him, and he missed his three-point shots, but 32 minutes gives you a bit of an idea about him. <laughs> they're, they're not going to really roll out the youngsters, are they? Are they big minutes as well for LaMarcus Aldridge and also Rudy Gay? Um, Lonnie Walker had 28 minutes again. Early season value for him as a streamer, perhaps, although he had one point, no rebounds, two assists, no steals, uh, and he only got two shots, which he missed in 28 minutes. So <laughs> that is not very enticing, is it? Devin Vassell played 26 minutes, and this is a little bit more enticing. He had 18 points, six rebounds, and three assists, uh, eight for 13 from the field. Maybe an interesting possible streamer that you could look at, 14-team, 16-team leagues as well, while Keldon Johnson is out and Derek White is out. That's probably about the only time he will have value unless something uh, magical happens, like Pop decides <laughs> that he wants to rebuild or something. The Rockets. Now, this is where we probably have possibly the takeaway of the day, the most interesting thing in terms of fantasy, because this is a guy that has been drafted by people anywhere between the fourth and the seventh round, people really wondering what Christian Wood is going to be like if he's unleashed, and he has put up a huge line. 27 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, two for six from deep. So he's got two three-pointers for you, 10 for 18 from the field in just 23 minutes. That is marvelous. James Harden played, and he had... 20, in his 27 minutes, he had 20 points, seven rebounds, nine assists, one steal, three for six from deep, uh, James Harden. I don't think you should be worried if you drafted him at number one, whether he's in Houston or in at Philadelphia or wherever, he's, he's going to return first round value. It's probably he'll be the best, um, or at least in the top three. I don't think you can go wrong with him. What else was interesting for the Houston Rockets? was, uh, of course, we had no John Wall today. Um, Daniel House got extra usage. Eric Gordon played 26 minutes. PJ Tucker played 25 minutes. All of those guys, I think it's going to be a bit of a trailer fire trying to work out who you want. It's really going to be Wood, Harden, um, DeMarcus Cousins, and John Wall, unless Harden leaves, and then we can talk about it again. And our next game of the evening was the very uh, season-long narrative interesting Atlanta Hawks up against the Memphis Grizzlies. Also a very interesting fantasy team we talked about. Jar earlier, we talked about some Hawks players. Let's have a look at how they went. DeAndre Hunter, one of those fringe guys we mentioned, he was 22 points but only one rebound, no assists, one steal, five for eight from deep though, an interesting deep league guy and maybe a 12-team streamer he might even have early season value um although some of those empty stats that are there aren't they we talked about this before comparing him to cam reddish reddish in only 20 minutes compared to hunter's 28 minutes he had 12 points but he had five rebounds two assists three steals and he still managed to get two for four from deep um Hunter had five three-pointers there, so that the difference in value, but still uh, Reddish hitting all those categories for you. So mm, if Reddish can get his minutes up to 24 minutes and Hunter's come down, comes down, then Reddish is probably your guy. John Collins had 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists, uh, and he missed his three-pointers. He had zero for two there in 29 minutes. Clint Capella a guy I've been drafting a bit because he seems to be falling. Uh, to me, 13 points, nine rebounds, and two big blocks in his 25 minutes. If those minutes push up around 30, we see, we'll see we probably see Capella returning top 50 um, value. And I, So if I get him at 60 or 70, I'm very happy with that. Trey Young had 26 minutes for his uh, 15 points, four rebounds, and six assists. Trey Young even had two blocks today. That's a crazy uh, stat for you. Where have they, have they come from? Four from 15 from the field. So the volume was there for Trey. That was something we worried about, although the uh, efficiency was not. Danilo Gallinari only played 20 minutes, uh, eight points, no re uh, three rebounds, no assists, no steals, one for five from deep. He really is looking like a three-point, a big man three-point streamer and maybe... Nothing more for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 20 points, 13 rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, 
uh, two for two from deep for Jonas, uh, four for four from the three point line uh, from the foul line, and seven for nine field goal uh, percentage is was really good as well. He is a decent guy to be grabbing when you need a big man, and maybe if you don't get one of the elite ones before him. Jar Morant, eighteen points, thirteen assists. So the the lads were saying earlier they love Jar this year and they absolutely do. They're not just the Rastafarians who love Jar. It's also fantasy managers all around the world. Seven for 12 shooting. Missed his three-pointers. The free throws were a bit down, four for six. But those 13 assists to go with 18 points and a couple of steals. Wow. We. For our next game, it was the Timberwolves up against the Dallas Mavericks, a team close to my heart because I have them in a 30-team deep league. On the Timberwolves side, some of the guys that we talked about earlier, Anthony Edwards, uh, 26 minutes, 17 points, three rebounds, three assists, three three-pointers. I love that uh, as a last-round flyer. Malik Beasley, 18 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, one steal, three three-pointers. He is looking like somebody that you might like to grab around about the 10th round or something. That is a nice-looking uh, line. Carl Anthony Towns, 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists, those big man assists, one steal, and two three-pointers for Cat. And we're hoping for him to have a big season because he's a guy that I've got in a few places after drafting from number three. On the Dallas Mavericks side of things, Luca, 20 points, five rebounds, seven assists uh, in his 27 minutes. It was six for 18 from the field. One category that we need to see Luca do better on his three throws, and he had eight for nine in this game. Gee, if he could keep that up all season and shoot from the foul line like Steph Curry, wow, he would be the number one guy in fantasy, wouldn't he, by some, some distance? Uh, other players that may be interesting, Josh Richardson is someone we've talked about. He had 13 points, three rebounds, three assists, and three three-pointers in his 27 minutes. And he looks like a value guy towards the end of drafts. For our next game, we had the Golden State Warriors up against the, the Sacramento Kings. And Steph Curry had another really big game. He is looking like a top three or four guy if he keeps this up. 29 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals. Six for 13 from deep, five for five from the foul line. Steph Curry is back in a big way. Kelly Oubre had a beautiful line as well. He's one of my MacGyver types that I like in those early mid-rounds. 22 points, uh, four rebounds, one assist, four three-pointers for Kelly Oubre. Over to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox had 30 minutes, although he didn't have a really great game because he only had eight points. But look at those assists. 12 assists, one steal. But the free throw, uh, the foul, <laughs> sorry, it's so bad I completely can't even say it. He was three for 17 from the field, 17.6%, zero for seven from deep. Uh, look, I prefer, to be honest with you, I prefer Fred Van Vliet because I, I don't, I think he's going to stink up your, your field goal percentage from time to time, isn't he, Aaron? D. Aaron. <laughs> Rashawn Holmes had uh, 22 minutes. In his 22 minutes, he got eight points, four rebounds, but he got two blocks. Holmesy, he's a guy I like uh, in that 80, 70, 80, 90 range, depending on what other centers you've got. I think he can return some value for you just in those 22 minutes because of the defensive side of things with those blocks, and he grabs some steals as well sometimes. Not as many rebounds as he'd hoped today, but we'll see how it goes during the season, of course. And over to the last game of the evening. Apologies if you hear my son in the background. He has had enough of me recording podcasts and he wants to go and shoot some hoops. So uh, we'll get through this one as quick as possible. Uh, For the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, and he didn't do much else because he only had 6 shots in his 26 minutes. Donovan Mitchell had 15 points, 3 rebounds, and 8 assists from the Don. Mike Conley, in his 24 minutes, he had 12 points, 4 assists. Uh, He was 4 for 8 from deep. He is probably the last point guard you might find in your drafts who's going to get you a lot of assists and threes. Hopefully you won't stink up your field goal percentage like he did last season when he was also ranker than Septic. Um, he was again today though, wasn't he? 4 for 12 at 33%. 
Geez, Mike, what has happened to your floater? It's just not what it used to be, is it? And the last team of the last game for the evening is of the LA Clippers. Are they a really interesting fantasy team? Shout out, of course, to Brown and Marcus from the Clippers pod. We love the Clippers. We'd love to see them in the finals against the Lakers uh, if you want the best matchup, that's for sure. But uh, in fantasy, what is interesting about the Clippers? Probably the most interesting thing is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. How much value will they give you today? Paul George in 25 minutes, he had 16 points. He had one rebound. He had five assists and one steal. He missed his three-pointers, but he was eight for nine from the foul line on that volume. That is tasty. Kawhi Leonard had 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, and one steal uh, in his 22 minutes. Of He chimed in with three three-pointers as well. Uh, Zubac had 23 minutes and didn't do much at all for the Clippers. It's a bit of a trailer fire trying to pull other things out of this as well because of the minutes. We should come back to the Clippers and talk more about them when we have regular season action, which we will have in just, I think it's four sleeps to go, isn't it? Until the 22nd, the first game of the season. I have been your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and that is my Twitter handle as well. Check out uh, the hoop ball quality content via hoop-ball.com. Give us a follow. Uh, Please subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Uh, check out me. You can also check out Scotty, uh, my partner. He is the Harlan. He's Harlander23 over on Twitter. Check us all out. Love you and leave you and see you on the next show. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.